0: If you listen to the left tell it, you'll begin to believe that uh, although the Republicans have been in lockstep support with Trump, now that this federal indictment is here, a few cracks are beginning to develop in the red wall surrounding the president. The only cracks are in their heads. Hi everyone, I'm Jamie Dury and welcome to another episode of the Jamie Dury Show podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe to the show and you can do so in one of several easy ways. You can go to the Google Play Store, or the iTunes App Store, and simply download the free Podbean app. Podbean is our hosting service. It's where we uh, upload the show, and then it's distributed to all other players. If you'd rather use your native podcast aggregator app, then you can simply use the Google Podcast app or the iTunes Podcast app, and you'll be in fine shape. Either way, you decide to subscribe. You'll be able to leave reviews, comments. Uh, we need more of both. Please give us a five-star review. We do our best to do a good job. And the more you do for us, the more exposure the show will get and the more we'll be able to bring you in the way of information and new mediums to offer that information in which to be consumed. <clears throat> so please, please do that. If you have a topic you'd like me to cover or a question you'd like to ask, you can email me directly at Jamie. Dury, 1776, at gmail.com. Not only are we up on Truth Social, but we now have reactivated our Twitter account since Elon Musk uh, took over that platform, so you can find us there as well. So you have plenty of ways to get in contact with us. So yesterday the news broke. Uh, Trump was informed through his lawyers that he was indicted by the feds with respect to the Um, raid of the unclassified or the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago and he's being charged with a host of crimes. This is a shotgun indictment as they call it. Typical of the feds Uh, not at all out of keeping with their method of operation. Uh, Apparently there's been a lot of pushback from the Republicans on this. Now when they say that the cracks are beginning to, to develop. That's not exactly true. Um, there's no cracks that are developing, um, none at all. What it is is that certain people, like Chris Christie, the whale, um, is making stupid statements because he's seeking to become president. But Senator Josh Hawley, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, and a host of others, um, Senator Bill Haggerty, Uh, All think this is a travesty of justice. And most Americans should think this is a travesty of justice. Not for nothing. The timing of this, as I said yesterday, couldn't be more convenient for the Biden administration. While they sit there in the Oval Office feigning ignorance as to the proceedings and the underlying events that are transpiring in Washington, they are in fact pulling the strings. Isn't it curious? that on the very day the FBI relents and gives up the whistleblower document, which they've already said the whistleblower is a reliable, extremely reliable source whom they've used for over 10 years and have paid a sum of money in excess of six figures to, uh, that this whistleblower says that, Biden himself received $5 million, and another member of his family received $5 million to intervene in Burisma's difficulties with the Ukrainian government and the prosecutor. And that um, he was there to make it go away. And in point of fact that Hunter Biden, against his advice, was hired, uh, against the whistleblower's advice, that is, was hired in in order to make things go away. So here we have a man taking a bribe. Uh, He admitted that he pressured people himself when he was interviewed about this years ago. The clip is still up on YouTube. We have former Vice President Pence found to be in possession of documents that he wasn't supposed to be in possession of. And we have Joe Biden uh, in possession of God knows how many boxes. Uh, somebody said 18,000 boxes or 1,800 boxes. They've been transferred all over the place. Some of them were in his garage with uh, his Corvette, and he he made that announcement as if to say, well, you know, if it was in my Corvette, you can bet it's pretty secure because my Corvette is an expensive car and I don't just leave it anywhere. The point is there was nobody watching it. The documents that President Trump had were in his safe in Mar-a-Lago, And that residence is always protected by Secret Service because he's a former president. To say nothing of the fact of the biggest distinction is that the documents that were in possession of Biden and Pence were in their possession when they were no longer in office and were, in fact, ex-vice presidents. And vice presidents don't have any sort of privilege along those lines on the order that presidents have, because presidents have the unilateral authority to classify or declassify material. So it would be a different thing if President Obama had documents in his possession because he was a president. Biden never was until this recent election, and all the documents that he had came from his previous time in the White House as vice president. And Pence, of course, has never been president. He was only a vice president. And neither of them have been charged. Isn't that interesting? They're actually trying to include treason among the charges that they're loving against Donald Trump. This is as contemptible as it gets. And I don't care how much you dislike Donald Trump. You can't possibly want to see the country stoop to this level. And if you sit by idly and allow it to happen, uh, don't look for the rest of us to come to your defense when they come for you. Donald Trump has a very excellent slogan on his... um, website, and he's posted it several times on Truth Social, and it's not even so much a slogan as it is an observation, and he says some in substance, they're not coming after me, they're coming after you, I'm just in their way, and it's true, if they can get away with doing this to a former president of the United States, what protection do you think you have if they come after you? the IRS, the Justice Department. What defense do you think you have? Most people outside the bubble, when they see someone indicted by the federal government, they automatically assume they're guilty. If they ever knew how easy it is to get indicted by the federal government and how easy it is to get convicted by the federal government because they have virtually no rules of evidence, they wouldn't say that. You know, getting convicted in the Bronx, where juries typically side with the defendant a disproportionately high amount of the time. That's saying something. Getting convicted in federal court, that's almost a foregone conclusion. The way they run it in that forum, the the trial is almost a formality. It just has to be uh, played out in order to keep the appearance of propriety uh, in perspective. But basically, once you're indicted the rules of evidence and the voir dire process of picking a jury in federal court uh, almost guarantees them a hung jury in the absence of any evidence. Now, Donald Trump has changed lawyers. He's got a new legal team that's going to be representing them. They're very formidable, former feds. And I think uh, it's going to determine what judge gets the case, because the judge that had that civil case in New York clearly was anti-Trump. Now, this case, I think, initially went before a judge that Donald Trump had appointed. And Miami is not as liberal an area as people might think. There's a very, very high Cuban population in Miami, and Cubans are very Republican, very Republican. And so we don't know who's going to wind up sitting on that jury. I think Donald Trump will ultimately be vindicated. Uh, He's going to have to be allowed to run. There's nothing in the law or the Constitution that prevents him from running. Even if he's indicted, even if he's convicted, he can still run. Uh, And this was also the subject of discussion among many legal experts. Um, This article here, Alan Dershowitz, the professor emeritus from Harvard Law School, the expert in constitutional law, has made the statement that the only way Donald Trump can be disqualified from running is if the government can prove that he actually fought in the Civil War for the South. Now, they've tried to do a lot of things to him, but I don't think they're going to be able to get away with that. uh, uh, Because, let's face it, he's too young to have fought in the Civil War. Other than that, if you're 35 years old or more and you're born in America and you didn't fight in the Civil War for the South, you're eligible because there's a disqualification clause in the 14th Amendment that automatically targeted and disqualified all former Confederate soldiers who fought in the Civil War on the Confederate side from serving. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of a president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or any state who, having previously taken an oath, as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive judicial officer of any state to support the constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid and comfort to the enemies. And this was all aimed at the civil war. That's the 14th amendment. Now he didn't fight in the civil war. So that's out. Uh, You have another professor, uh, Jessica Levinson. Uh, She's, a founding director, director of the Loyola Law School's Public Service Institute. She said that, legally speaking, there is nothing to bar a former president from, being, from running for office, even if indicted for a state crime or even convicted. It really just becomes an issue of practicality. Uh, how could you run the country from behind bars if it ever came to something like that? But the fact of the matter is, uh, you're not going to be running it from behind bars because a president... Uh, if elected, can pardon himself. So, uh, <laughs> this is a very interesting uh, dynamic that's going over here. It's interesting from a legal scholar standpoint analysis, but as a practical matter, it's a great stain on the history of this country. I think our founding fathers, regardless of what party they were in, would be rolling in their graves i even think general lee the confederate uh, generals the confederate president i think anyone would think this is a travesty of justice anyone but certainly any president of the united states of the 46 that we've had i think most of them would say this is a terrible thing well one wouldn't and that would be of course the man who doesn't even know he's president the current president joe biden But that's what we have. Now, we have um, Christie making stupid statements. Uh, Joe Biden, let's see, where is it? I just saw what he had. Oh, Governor Christie made a statement that Trump's legal problems were self-inflicted wounds, making him a poor choice in 2024. Return the documents and stop doing this, Christie said in a televised June interview on Fox News. Why do you have to be the center of negative attention all the time? Why do you have to be angry all the time? And that's what Donald Trump has done. Really? Donald Trump is not suffering from self-inflicted wounds. Donald Trump is suffering from wounds that he's taking, arrows that he's taking, because he's fighting for the common man and common woman against an ever-growing and encroaching federal government. And you, you fat SOB, should be the last person appointing the accusing finger of blame at anyone. I lost what little respect I had for you, even before Trump... I think Trump did you a favor, picking you up off the floor and even bringing him in as part of his team. I would have banished you to never, never land. Any schmuck who spends two hours at a press conference apologizing and taking responsibility for Bridgegate, while at the same time saying he had nothing to do with it, but he's accountable. You spend... Ten minutes or five minutes saying it was a terrible thing. It shouldn't have happened. It was done without my knowledge. had nothing to do with it. I accept responsibility. And that's it. and Walk off the stage. You sit there for two hours. It looks like you're guilty. And you want to know something? I think you are guilty. I think you were guilty. I think you knew exactly what was happening at that bridge gate. And you did it deliberately for political payback. So who the hell are you to point the accusing finger of blame at Donald Trump? You're the angry man. You're the one with the big ego and the big gut. I'll never forget when you hugged Obama right before the election against Mitt Romney. Uh, You looked like a pathetic fool doing it, and you're a pathetic fool now. No worries. Chris Christie will not carry a single state in the primary process. He won't get a single electoral vote. He's finished. The only one who's a legitimate candidate is DeSantis. So I want to run this down because this is really why all these people are jumping in. There isn't a single one of these people who could wrest the Republican nomination from Donald Trump uh, in an even playing field. They're all hoping that he stumbles or that the the weight of the indictment crushes him and he just says, you know, I'm giving up or whatever it is, and they're hoping to position themselves to run. The person who could do the best in that scenario is also the one who's being the most foolish by even engaging in that scenario. And that's Ron DeSantis. Of all the people that Republicans could field, if Trump said tomorrow, look, I'm not running. And I'm never interested in running again. I want to retire and enjoy my grandchildren. Of all the ones that are running, uh, Ron DeSantis would probably be the one that would have the greatest success. But that's not going to happen. Trump's not going to quit. Trump's going to keep going. And people are still going to vote for him because they're really armored against what's going on. Trump is the only man who can fix the country because he doesn't have to run for re-election, and he has unbelievable balls and determination. He can hold up to the Washington elites as he's holding up now. Ron DeSantis cannot. He's done very well in Florida because he has a Republican state, he's got a Republican electorate, and he's got a Republican legislature. He's not going to do that in Washington. And he should never associate himself with Trump. I hope he's not doing this to position himself as vice president because he should not in any way be connected to the Trump administration because Trump is going to have to do very, very big things in order to get this country righted. And it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Maybe some, definitely some Democrats and probably some independents. So DeSantis should have a way of distancing himself from that and separating himself from that. and He should have nothing to do with it. That having been said, since he can't be part of a Trump administration, the only thing left for him is either to not run at this time or run against Trump. Running against Trump is foolish for all the foregoing reasons I mentioned he's going to lose. Not running is the smart thing. If he didn't run and just stayed governor of Florida, uh, if Trump wins in 2024, in 2026, Trump uh, leaves. He leaves on January 20th of actually 2027, but the election will be in 2026. And DeSantis will just have finished his term two years earlier, which is about the time that people start putting out feelers that they're going to run for president. He would have had a great record as a two-term governor of Florida. He wouldn't have to go up against Donald Trump. If Donald Trump won, he could uh, position himself as the voice of uh, of reason or the person who's going to bring people together uh, and all this sort of happy nonsense. And if Trump winds up not winning in 2024 for whatever reason, he'll be perfectly positioned because you never get more than two terms of one party in this country. With one exception, as I've said many times when George Herbert Walker Bush ran uh, and won as vice president, the only sitting vice president to win in a 150-year period uh, after Ronald Reagan left office. And that's only because Ronald Reagan was such an unbelievably popular president, having been reelected with 49 out of 50 states, that people thought they were getting a third term. They would have gladly voted for a third term of Reagan, but they couldn't. So they took George Herbert Walker Bush, and they found out that he wasn't all that. So... In fact, I would say George Herbert Walker Bush probably suffered the most precipitous decline of any sitting president I know, having reached a popularity rating of plus 90% during the first Gulf War, and then losing to this Arkansas hick named Bill Clinton. Just can't explain it. You can't make it up, but it's true. So Ron DeSantis is making a big mistake. He should have just sat on the sidelines. And I would not be the one to have to ascend to the White House because the principal candidate, the one who people should be returning, was taken out of, all, uh, out of contention by some weaponization of the criminal justice system. And I don't want to be perceived as the beneficiary of that. And if, God forbid, he did get elected, he should be pardoning Trump six ways to Sunday. But I don't think it's going to come to that. I don't think it's going to come to a conviction. I think that DeSantis should reconsider his position and get out. The sooner he gets out, the better for him in preserving. Because he runs now and doesn't get the nomination. He's never getting a chance to run again. They're never putting him up. I mean, the man's only 44 years old. Why run now? You have so many years left that you could run. This is really, really an ill-advised ill-advised move. Now, let's look over some of the allies that have come to... Well, we've already gone over that. We've said that... Um, Representative Clay Higgins has spoken about it from Louisiana. Uh, You got Representative Troy Nels from Texas. You have so many people, and I'll tell you something right now. The Republicans better not break ranks over this. If they can't see their way clear to grow some balls and stand behind the 45th president of the United States, then they all should tender their resignations and give it up. I mean, everybody makes a big deal about this Trey Gowdy. I used to like Trey Gowdy, the former congressman from, was it North Carolina or South Carolina? Former federal prosecutor. He made a lot of great speeches when he was there on those committees interviewing Hillary Clinton and rolling up his sleeves and saying this and saying that. And what did he get done? Nothing. All he got done was he he succeeded in getting himself a nice position as a contributing um, member of Fox News. I'm sure he gets paid handsomely for that. The guy that's really the, the firebrand right now in the, in the house is Jim Jordan. And I hope he doesn't fold because I'm a little bit disappointed in the way he handled Mark Pomerantz. I even took the extraordinary step of writing him a letter, registered mail about Mark Pomerantz, uh, giving him some, some very interesting information. Um, and I, I think he should have been held in contempt. Being allowed to make an opening statement and then saying, oh, I'm, I'm holding the fifth. So you can make an unassailable statement and you can then you want to seek refuge behind the Fifth Amendment. They should be putting him in the clink and they should have put in, uh, put Ray in the clink downstairs in the Capitol until he gave up the documents. But he wound up blinking and he did give them up. But Ranch should be treated that way. And if Jordan and the Republicans don't actually do something and let these Democrats and Biden get away with this, I'm going to lose respect for them. I'm going to lead the the fight to get rid of them as well, because we don't need people that do things in half measures. We need men. We need real men and women that are tougher than some of the men, like Marjorie Taylor Green. I love that woman. We need people like that in Congress. We need them. Now, what is this indictment? What is the indictment? They're talking about how the indictment uh, puts the election into chaos. I don't think it puts it into chaos. That's what the, the Democrats want you to believe. They want you to believe he was, it's been put into chaos, but it's not. Now, I'm trying... I thought I had it here. Uh, let's see. I thought it had it here. Uh, it doesn't show it. I thought I had a, a, um, a list of the indictment. There's like... Multiple counts. I said I think treason is one of them. You know I'm really not too concerned. I'll, I'll do another show, um, probably next week. Maybe going into detail more about the indictment. The main thing here we're talking about is the very fact that he was indicted at all, and it really, it really is a, is a, is, a, is a mess, and it's going to wind up backfiring. Just give you a little timeline of how this happened. Uh, He's been charged with making false statements, concealing documents, and conspiring to obstruct justice, according to this. Okay, Now, they're trying to say he violated federal law by causing scores of boxes. I don't know know what a score is. Many of which contain classified documents to be transported to his Mar-a-Lago resort after Joe Biden became president. Well, what was the problem when uh, Joe Biden had Documents transported to the garage where his Corvette is stored. That wasn't a problem? Okay. The resort was not an authorized location to hold the documents, but Trump stored them there anyway in various places, including in a bathroom, in his bedroom, the indictment states. But you're talking about a former president who's protected 24-7 by the Secret Service. People aren't breaking in there and stealing stuff. Some were located in a ballroom. I don't believe that. Uh, On May 21st, Trump took some of the boxes to another property, the golf course in Bedminster. He's accused of showing the classified documents to other people on two separate occasions. Uh, He showed what he described as a plan of attack to a writer, a publisher. This is what they're saying in the indictment. I I doubt very much that this is being given to you in an unvarnished way. This is stuff that's probably been um, elaborated on and pumped up. And so forth and so on. But all of this is what's going on. Now, they're trying to indict, or they have charged, I think, uh, one of Trump's aides who was a former Navy officer. Now, it says here that 15 boxes were handed over by Trump to the National Archives and Records Administration. Um, others were given by a Trump attorney to the FBI. Others were seized by the FBI. Uh, and there was a man who was um, a former Navy officer, uh, a man by the name of Mr. Nota. I can't remember his first name. I'm looking for it here, but it's it's an unusual first name. But um, he said the most, Trump and Nada are scheduled to make their initial appearances on June 13th at the Wilkie D. Ferguson building, federal courthouse in Miami. And the most serious charges against both Trump and Noda carries up to 20 years in prison. Don't let that throw you, because almost every federal charge that's a felony has a a 0 to 20 sentencing range. That's why they put in the sentencing guidelines years ago to try and give some uniformity throughout the country in the sentencing of people convicted of felonies uh, in the federal system. This is, it's The more I talk about it, the more I get sick to my stomach, and I can't believe it's happening. Now, Jim Jordan, who I mentioned a a few moments ago, apparently wrote a letter to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, uh, and he wrote it um, on June seventh. Actually, looks like it was written on June seventh. Talking about information he obtained from the FBI agent who was in charge of the raid on Mar-a-Lago or that thing, a man named Steven D'Antonio. And he served as the former assistant director in charge of the FBI's Washington field office and one of the most senior FBI officials in charge of handling this unprecedented raid on Trump's residence in Mar-a-Lago. And he was very critical of the way it was done. He said that the FBI sought to exclude President Trump's attorney um, from the search, a move that he disagreed with. He believed that the FBI should have worked with the attorney to get consent to search the residents prior to seeking a warrant for the search. Uh, Mr. D'Antonio believes that there was a good likelihood that they could have gotten consent. Uh, he t- goes on to highlight a number of things. Um, that he thought was were done incorrectly. And I hope that Jim Jordan stays on this and doesn't let this go, because it really is, like I said, a pivotal point uh, in the country. Now, I'm going to have more on this next week, but one other thing I wanted to talk about, just to briefly to follow up. In yesterday's show, I spoke about Tucker Carlson and how he started the show on, on Twitter. Now, Fox News sent a letter, I told you, through their lawyer to Tucker Carlson's lawyer, uh, arguing that um, he's violating um, the contractual agreement. And I posited yesterday that I don't think that's going to fly. And the reason why it's not going to fly is because the non-compete clause that's put in these agreements says that he can't render services for somebody else. Now, the way the language is written, it's clear that it means that he can't work for somebody else. He can't work for a newspaper or another news agency and do these things as long as he's under contract with Fox. Now, Fox fired him, but Fox still has to pay his contract. So they have to pay him $20 million a year until that contract's over. But Tucker Carlson is now on Twitter. Twitter is a social media platform. Now, many people are very adept at monetizing their social media platform with advertising dollars. People uh, put ads up. You've seen it on YouTube and other places where people put ads up. And they get paid for those ads for every thousand views or downloads or what have you. But what if Mr. Carlson... And I didn't see any ads on his first episode. I didn't get a chance to watch the second one yet. He has one up already. What if he doesn't monetize those videos on Twitter? What if it's just him, an American citizen named Tucker Carlson, giving his opinion? And I really thought about this since I made the observation yesterday. And I really do think that if he doesn't take money, if he doesn't monetize it, and he's not being paid by a third party, he's just going up there using his social media account to give his opinion, and it's not his fault that he has more people than the average person has following their account, I don't think Fox has a leg to stand on. I think they have to allow him to continue to do it, and they have to continue to pay him $20 million a year to do it until his contract's over. Or they can decide just to let him out of his contract saying... What's the use of paying him $20 million a year and requiring him to shut up if we're paying $20 million a year and we can't shut him up? Maybe we just let him out of his contract. He agrees not to take the money and he goes and makes money someplace else and we at least least save $20 million a year. Don't be surprised if that isn't the way it works out because I think that uh, Carlson has him by the uh, short hairs, as we used to say in my day. That's all for now. You guys have a great weekend for the Jamie Dury Show. I'm Jamie Dury.